So glad, so glad, and so honored to have Brother and Sister Waldrop from Tulsa, Oklahoma here with us. What a tremendous job he's been doing. Just following the Holy Ghost. Amen. Obeying the voice of the Spirit. And that's what we want more than anything. Praise God. Hallelujah. And once again, I want to turn this pulpit to him. And I want him to take his liberty today and tell us what the Holy Ghost has to say. Preach to me, Brother Waldrop. We love you. Glad you're here. Thank you, Elder Regan. Praise the Lord, everybody. Would you, again, one more time, lift up your voices and your hands. Open up your hearts. Let's magnify the King of glory together. Hallelujah. Come on, let's make ourselves at home in His presence. Hallelujah. Would you lift up your voice? Hallelujah. In sincerity and desire. Hunger. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Lord bless you this morning. Invite you to turn with me in your Bibles to the Gospel of John, the 20th chapter. Amen. Do want to say what an honor and privilege it is to be here. We love the Riggins and this church, and we love what the Lord is doing and what He wants to do even beyond where we are. Amen. We're always thankful but never satisfied. Amen. Amen. God is not offended at your lack of satisfaction and hunger for more. That's what He's looking for. Amen. If I could just be very simple today, God's hungry for your hunger. Amen. Blessed are they, Jesus said, which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. Amen. Righteousness is not just a long word in your Bible. It's a condition of rightness with God. Blessed are those that really want to be right with God. Because those that really want to be right with God will be filled with His righteousness. Amen. Our righteousness, Isaiah said, are as filthy rags. Amen. No matter how good you are at human righteousness, you're never righteous enough. Amen. And, but, but your desire and your intention and your focus and your purpose does matter. Amen. We're, we're not just serving a God that, that uh, makes us righteous inwardly and doesn't care about uh, our appearance. Amen. God's people have always had uh, distinctives. Amen. And God has not changed His mind. You're glad you've obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ. Repented of your sins. Been baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sins. Been filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. If you haven't had that experience as yet, you can have it. Amen. In this place today, it's His good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Can you say amen? Amen. We'll read verse 1 and then drop down further into John chapter 20. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark unto the sepulcher, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Go down now to verse 11, please. But Mary stood without at the sepulcher weeping, and as 
she wept. She stooped down and looked into the sepulcher and seeth two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. When she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus saith unto her, Mary. She turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Amen. Going back now to Verse number 15, she has yet to realize and recognize that she's talking to the one she's looking for. His appearance has has obviously changed. He doesn't look like he used to look. She did not recognize him. She thought he's the gardener. And the gardener, she thought, is asking her, woman, why... Weepest thou, whom seekest thou? Amen. And she said to the gardener, I'm looking for the master. I'm looking for Jesus. If you'll just tell me where Jesus is. Amen. That's who I'm looking for. Amen. Amen. I feel the help of the Holy Ghost in this place today. Amen. You know God will take you as far as you want to go today. If you're content and satisfied with where you are, that's as far as you'll get. No matter how much God wants things differently, if you are not willing to subject and submit your will to His and reach beyond where you are right now, you'll never go any further. Amen. But there's a presence of Almighty God in this place today that wants to take you a place you've never been, no matter where you've been. Amen. With God's help today, I want to preach just for a little while. You'll find what you're looking for. Praise the Lord. Would you lift up your hands together again? Would you ask God sincerely to talk to our hearts today? Hallelujah. Lord, I want to hear your voice. the mighty name of the Lord. Praise the mighty name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Somebody shout in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Very aware today that most of us in this room are very familiar with the goings on and the happenings here in the 20th chapter of John's Gospel. We, we understand that Jesus has 
been tried and found guilty by the Sanhedrin court through political pressure, Pilate has released Jesus into the hands of these religious leaders and they have saw that he has been crucified and crucified between two thieves. We're familiar with Mount Calvary. We're familiar with Jesus declaring as he's hanging on the cross, it is finished. Man, it it's, it's more than just what meets the eye when we read in our English words, it is finished. But when you study the words that Jesus declared and uh, what was very clearly understood by those standing around uh, what Jesus would say and what, what he meant and what they understood, uh, amen, is that Jesus is declaring uh, paid in full. That's really what he was saying. It was a, 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 a financial and a contractual de- declaration uh, that the debt has been satisfied. I have paid uh, the price. I have satisfied uh, the demands uh, for sin. Amen. I, I, I believe I know where you are today. I know where I am. I'm thankful. Uh, amen. That Jesus uh, paid uh, the penalty and became uh, sin for us. He who knew no sin uh, became sin for uh, us. Amen. Uh, amen. He became uh, and was the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. Oh, hallelujah. I could easily into, easily ease into some doctrinal preaching here right now. Amen. I, I don't, amen. It sounds fun to say I don't want to get distracted by doctrine. Amen. But you know where I, I, I'm coming from today. Uh, he, was the, he was the priest. He was uh, the Lamb. Amen. And we read in the epistles, He's become uh, the propitiation uh, for our sin. Amen. That that word propitiation uh, and and, and one meaning means the mercy seat. He's the high priest. Amen. He's the, the sacrifice. Amen. He's the one uh, that shed the blood. He's the one that carried the blood. And he's where the blood uh, was placed. He's where blood uh, and fire come together. That's what happened uh, in that holiest of holies once in a year uh, on the day of atonement. The high priest uh, would take the blood of sacrifice uh, and sprinkle it upon uh, the mercy seat uh, and the shakar. Kind of presence of the Lord would come down and receive that blood sacrifice. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. And when it gets right down to it, Jesus is everything. That's why we sing from time to time, it's all in him. The mighty God is Jesus. The Prince of Peace is he. The everlasting Father. The King eternally. He's the wonderful in wisdom by whom all things were made. The fullness of the Godhead in Jesus is displayed. Oh, let's clap our hands to a holy God that made himself man and became sin for us. Praise God. Praise God. And so this is the time of this crucifixion and there's a lot of emotions running rampant. We know that while what we have read here in verse number 1 of John 20 is happening, the disciples are essentially in hiding for fear of their very lives. The Bible said the first day of the week, it's very early in the morning, Sun is yet to come up. And Mary Magdalene, we don't have time to go into all of her story, but this was a woman that was grievously possessed with demons. And Jesus delivered her from demonic possession. And so Mary comes, and she has come, if you please, to pay her respects. She has come to acknowledge her appreciation for what Jesus had done. Another version, or not necessarily a version, another perspective, uh, uh, another gospel writer said that there were others that were with her and they came and they were bringing spices to anoint the body of Jesus. And so in John's gospel, uh, he focuses on Mary. And Mary comes and she sees that the stone has been rolled away. And the first thing she does is uh, she says evidently to herself, I've got to go let Simon Peter know. I've, I've got to let Peter and John know what has happened here. They will want to know what's happened at the graveyard. The Bible says she runs and comes to Simon Peter and to the other disciple. That's John referring to himself. And says to them they have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we know not where they have laid him. And she sees the stone rolled away, and it's obvious and evident that the, the, the grave is empty. Jesus is not where he's supposed to. According to our current uh, uh, perspective, uh, we're supposed to be in the grave. Jesus is not there. 
And so I got to let Peter and John know. I want you to notice here that she can't, comes and declares to them the grave is empty. And so the Bible said that Peter went forth and John and came to the sepulcher. They ran together, verse 4. The other disciple, John, outran Peter. And he came to the sepulcher first. And he stooped down and looked in. And he saw the linen clothes lying, but he didn't go in. Then the Bible said in verse number 6, Peter comes and goes into the sepulcher and he sees what John saw. He sees the linen clothes lie and the napkin that was about his head not lying with the linen clothes but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then John comes in and joins him in the sepulcher and saw and believed. What did they believe? They believed what they were told. They were told the grave is empty. And they went to see if what they were told was true. And when they got to where they were going, can I tell you, they found what they were looking for. They were looking for an empty grave. And when they got to the graveyard, they found what they were looking for. The Bible said they did not yet know the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. All they knew is Mary told us the grave is empty. So that's what I'm going looking for. I'm going to look for an empty grave. Amen. And when I get to where Jesus was buried and the stones rolled away, what he was wrapped in and the napkin that was about his head are unoccupied, I believe the grave is empty. I want you to notice what happened. Then the disciples went away into their own home. Mission accomplished, right? I mean, when you find what you're looking for, why keep looking? I mean, you, you, you've, got, you've got some, uh, <laughs> I want to be very cautious here. You, you've got some serious mental challenges if you, when you lose something and find it, you keep looking for it. I mean, I lost my keys, and I found them, and I put them in my pocket, and I'm still looking around, and somebody comes in and says, what you doing? I, I'm looking for my keys. Well, you told me you found them. I know I found them, but I'm still looking for them. That just doesn't make sense, does it? I mean, when you find what you're looking for, you stop looking. I could, I could get a little romantic here right now. Because when I found what I was looking for, I stopped looking. Can I get a witness?
did so, they saw an empty grave and believed that it was true that was told them. I mean, it's hard to argue with evidence. The grave is empty. And so I'm going to go back home because I found what I'm looking for. But the Bible said Mary hung around. Because an empty grave is not what Mary was looking for. As a matter of fact, her emotions got stirred up and she's standing outside the sepulcher and she's teared up. Her emotions are affected. She's weeping. It meant she's uh, weeping, not just crying. It meant there's a depth uh, beyond crying. Uh, it meant into weeping. I mean, her, her shoulders, uh, amen, are stooped over. Tears are streaming down her face. Amen, her heart uh, is heavy. This is not what I expected to find this morning. And as she wept, she stooped down and she looked in. Can I help you see today that when she looked in, she saw something Peter and John didn't see. Amen. They came in, stooped down, looked in, went in, looked around. All they saw was a napkin. Amen. That was wrapped about his head and the linen clothes, the grave clothes, lying separately. That's all they saw. But when Mary looked in, she saw more than linen garments. She saw two angels in white sitting one where the head of Jesus was and one where the... I mean, we can read over this and just kind of casually observe this, but put yourself in Mary's place. Amen. This is not just another day in paradise. This is not just another ordinary day. I mean, business is picking up. Because I'm looking in uh, to where Jesus has been buried. uh, And it's obvious uh, I am in the midst of an angelic visitation. And angels are speaking to her saying, why are you weeping? Now it's not uncommon to read in your Bible when when anybody is visited by angels, there's a there's an obeisance and a a reverence and a respect and a worship. I mean, it's serious business. Heaven's come down here. I, Mary was not being disrespectful. I mean, she's talking to angels, folks. Say she falls down and stammers and stutters around and no. Those angels ask her why I'm weeping. I'm gonna tell them. I'm looking for Jesus. Do you know where Jesus? I don't know which two angels it were. It was I, I? I don't know. Does it really matter? They were two angels. I mean, sure enough, true blue angels. I mean, I mean, they got on angel uniform. I mean, they're in white. They're not incognito. They're not plain clothes angels. 
I mean, it's, they got the uniform on. I mean, it's, I mean, sure enough, uh, these are angels. And we, we're angels, we know we're angels, and we want you to know we're angels. And she says to those angels, can I just read between the lines of Scripture here? Please don't be offended. But I didn't come looking for angels today. I mean, I appreciate you showing up and all, but uh, amen, it's going to take more than angels to fulfill my desire. I, I didn't come looking for angels today. Can, I'm glad you're here, but being that you're here, can you help me find what I'm really looking for? I mean, later on, I know I'll be glad that the grave is empty, but I didn't just come looking for an empty grave. Yeah, I'm glad that angels showed up, but I didn't come today looking for angels. I've come looking for Jesus. Hallelujah. They've taken away the Lord. I don't know where they've laid him. The Bible says she just turned around. Amen. Turned her back on the angel. And when she turned around, there's a man standing there. Amen, we know, amen, that she thinks he's uh, one of the caretakers, one of the gardeners, uh, one of the employees uh, of, the, of the graveyard and the cemetery. The gardener has a question for her. Amen, his first question sounds a lot like uh, what the angels ask. Why weepest thou? But the gardener has a second part of his question. Whom seekest thou? Woo. Mary, could it be that why your emotions are so stirred up is because you're looking for somebody? Could it be, sis, amen, I don't want to just know why you're crying. I want to know, is there somebody you're crying about? Why weepest thou whom seekest thou? And she says to the gardener, Sir, if you'll just tell me where Jesus is. All I want to know, I come looking for Jesus. I, I, I know you know where I'm coming from, but I want to push pause here. Amen. Let's be honest with ourselves today. Amen. Far too many services come and go where all we do is we come to check the grave. We leave our house, we leave our problems, we leave our fears, we leave our questions, we unlock the door and lock it behind us, amen, and go to the grave one more time, and we look inside one more time, we walk in and look around one more time, yep, the grave is still empty. Amen. And we come to the house of God and we acknowledge the resurrection one more time. We come and we feel his presence one more time. We come and hear his word one more time. 
We come and we go through the motions one more time. We come and fulfill our obligation one more time. And when we find what we're looking for, we just turn around and go back home. Some time ago, I got to thinking about Peter and John walking out of that graveyard. I mean, the Bible said that while they're inside, Mary's standing outside weeping, and they leave, and she stays there, and she's crying. And I mean, it doesn't take long to look in, answer a question, and then come back out, and there he is. I wonder if... Peter and John saw the gardener. As the gardener was making his way to Mary, I wonder if you, please, if Peter and John tipped their cap. Morning, sir. Howdy. Hello there. Good morning. Gardener nodded at him. Good morning. Maybe not. I don't know. But it's possible. It's possible that they saw the same gardener Mary saw. But they weren't looking for anything besides an empty grave. And so, oh my Lord, have mercy. They didn't recognize him. Because they weren't really looking for him. And there's something special in the Holy Ghost here today that not all of you are recognizing. I'm, I'm not trying to be all that, but I'm just telling you, I feel something very spiritually dynamic on me and in this room right now. There's no doubt in my mind there's an angelic host here. The Bible says the angels of the Lord encamp around about those that fear him. I mean, I'm not trying to be super spiritual, but just according to the scriptures, everywhere we go, uh, we don't go alone. Amen. But I, I know, I know, I, again, I, I, they have their place. I, I'm, I'm glad for angels. And I, I would be amazed, I would be honored, I would be humbled, I would be very respectful, I would be in awe if, if all the angels in the room right now all of a sudden, amen, reveal themselves, amen, all of our eyes would pop open and all of our jaws would drop and all of our hearts would skip a beat or two. All of us, let's be honest, would go home and pick up Amen, you'd never believe what I saw at church today. Why is it, come on somebody, why is it that we, if we would see an angel, would make a bigger deal out of seeing an angel than what we recognize is going on in this room right now? I mean, if you have any spiritual sense at all, you feel the presence of the Lord. Jesus is here. I'm telling you, it's not just another day. It's a big deal that Jesus is here. I've just come to ask somebody a question. What have you come looking for? 
I'm as happy as you are. The grave is empty. He meant I'm as glad as you are that angels are here. But excuse me, please. I came looking for more than an empty grave. I come to do more than speak with angels. Hey, hallelujah. Come on, can I preach what I feel right now? I, I didn't even really come to do all that much talking. I came to be spoken to. I came to hear my name called by a voice. Even nobody can call my name like that voice. He looks... He looks like the gardener, but his voice is one I've heard. I've heard that voice speak my name before. Nobody can speak my name like Jesus. Would you lift up your voice right now? Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, be real with yourself. Amen. I've not just come. Amen. To another Sunday morning service. I've not just come to hear a few verses of scripture read. Amen. Sing a few worship choruses. Hear an evangelist preach a cute little evangelistic sermon. And then go eat lunch, go home, and nothing ever really changed. I left the same way I came. I'm trying to close. Amen. Peter and John left the graveyard the same way they came. The only difference was an understanding that what they had been told was true. Amen. But they were no different. But I come to tell you, somebody left church that day different because... Somebody got emotional about an empty grave. Somebody opened up their emotions. Somebody lost their cool. Somebody said, this is a really big deal. And I just can't, uh, amen, look in and go home, uh, amen, like I've always done. Uh, but I'm hungry uh, for a manifestation of his glory. Uh, I'm hungry uh, to hear his voice. Stand with me this morning. Let's lift our hands. Call upon his name together. Come on, let's take some time here. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Hallelujah. Hey. Oh. Come on, church is different when you do more than just come to make sure the grave is still empty. But when you come to pay your respects,
when you come to see him. Church is different when you bring your tears with you. Church is different when you bring your desire with you. Church is different. I said church is different. Amen. When you let your guard down. Church is different when you go beyond obligation. Somebody's here from the Holy Ghost right now. Amen. Amen. Please don't be offended. But receive you the word of the Lord. There's a better way to come to church than how you've been coming. You're just coming to check things out. You're just coming to, amen, do what you've always done. Amen. You've been told and you've came and you've came and you've came and you've came and you just keep coming and nothing keeps happening. Hallelujah. Amen. I've come looking for more than a song. I've come looking for more. Amen. Than a scripture. I've come looking for more than a preacher. I've come looking for his presence. I submit to you in the fear of the Lord this morning that those that come looking for His presence rarely leave disappointed.